Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cathedral of Sport podcast. It's the F1 show, guys, with me, Ash, and David, mate. It's been a long time since our last F1 show, and there is plenty to review and catch up on. David, how are you, sir? I am good as I can be, Ash. How about you? I'm very good, thanks, mate. I've got this new Mediterranean diet that I've been sticking to. It's bloody great, I tell you. Should have done it years ago. Apart from that, um, nothing else much going on at the moment, mate, to be honest. Uh, same for everyone, really. Um, right, guys, in this month's show, we will be discussing the following topics. The Grand Prix at Monza, the current driver market, the race at Mugello, and whatever else we decide to harp on about and entertain you with during the show. Right, David, let's get down to business, my pal. Monza, forget qualifying. Let's talk about the most bonkers race of the season from start to finish. Plenty of talking points for our listeners here. I'm going to start, go right to the start of the race. David, that famous first corner. Let's talk about it. What happened? All I saw was this car just roll across the green and the track. And I was like, what the hell has happened here? <laughs> well, Monza, the, the temple of speed, as they call it. Um, first of all, that car that you saw go across the green, I believe was none other than Alex Albon. Um, again, what can you say? I, I I think that Red Bull made a horrible mistake. First of all, dropping Pierre Gasly, who actually managed to win that race after it was red flagged and Lewis Hamilton was given a 10-second stop-and-go penalty for entering a pit lane when closed. However, yeah, yeah. Um, we'll touch on the, the, the Gasly point later. But we're going to, firstly, we're going to go into Bottas's bad start. Yeah, Bottas had a absolute nightmare he um it, he just didn't seem to get going you know he it's almost like he sort of missed the light and then he he, he never really got back up to speed he, he dropped down to like six or something on the first lap he, he thought he had a puncture but he didn't he, he just uh, something went wrong with his his strategy on that one he I, I don't know what happened to him but he, he just he dropped off massively, letting Norris past him. Sainz was uh, past him pretty much at the start. He started uh, third, by the way. So big, big performance from him in qualifying. Um, and yeah, Bottas, for some reason, couldn't seem to get through the field in the fastest car on the grid. Now, I've heard that because, you know, I've seen people on Twitter, you know, that are a good old reliable source. Um, <laughs> that they're... That, um, they're saying the Mercedes clearly isn't built for coming through the field, and you could make an argument for that. However, Hamilton managed to do it no problem later on in the race. He managed to cut his way through the field and in many ways showed why he's a six-time world champion. Of course, and um, this isn't the first time for, for Bottas, is it? Um, there, there have been overtaking issues during the season, David. Yeah, he's... He's not the best driver on the on the grid, is he? But I think that it works because with Mercedes, they've got an absolute world-class driver in Lewis Hamilton. He will get them the points, right? So mm -hmm. he gets he wins them the championships, and Bottas can sort of act as a, as a wingman. You know, he doesn't like being referred to as a wingman, but realistically, he is a wingman, right? I don't care. He's he's a wingman. He, to be to be fair, any any number two driver, in my opinion, is going to hang on the coattails of Hamilton. It, it's it, you get paired with Hamilton, you, you you're going to be riding on them coattails 
to be fair. I think Bottas has ridden on them coattails. Lewis is... Um, the only driver that's close to Lewis in ability is Verstappen. Yeah, um, but... But Verstappen out again. Well, out this time. We're going to touch on Mugello later, but we're going to talk about him going out of the race at Monza. Well, he had two DNFs, didn't he? Uh, yeah. One at Monza, one, one at Mugello. Yeah. Um, it was unfortunate because he... At Monza, he actually looked all right. Yeah, I mean... I mean, obviously, there'll be some listeners that haven't seen the race at all. I mean, I watched back. What what actually happened, David? What what went wrong there? Um, I believe it was mechanical, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, so uh, he, he just has he just had an engine fail. You know, it happens from time to time in Formula One. It's um, a big part of the sport is the. The car and the, the, you know, if the car doesn't work, then it just, unfortunately, it, 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 you're not going to get very far. No, um, of course. Talking about cars not working properly. Um, been some been some issues again with Ferrari. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, brake failure. A double DNF for Ferrari at their home Grand Prix. That is the height of embarrassment, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Um, Go on, David. Vettel had a brake failure. Um, you know, like I said, it happens, right? But Leclerc, I, d- I don't know what happened to him. He just lost it on the safety car restart, absolutely binned it off the exit of the Parabolica and smacked it off the wall, causing a red flag because of the, the damage that it done to the tyre wall was unsafe to race after that exit. Yeah, it's, um, a, pretty bad, it's a pretty bad one, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, it's actually, it's I was actually quite concerned. Concerned, yeah. I was actually quite concerned at one point. I, was, I saw that. I thought, oh, that's a that's a bad one. Um, but yeah, of course, the red flag came straight after that. Talk about let's talk about the restart. Um, there was a bit of bit of palaver, I should say, on the restart as well, wasn't there? The restart was <laughs> well, you know, you wait so long for a red flag in Formula One. I think the last one, if my memory is good was brazil 2016 don't quote me on that and please don't attack me on twitter but um the the red flag happened and then the the restart happened hamilton got away well as was expected but stroll from second place he could have won the race he really could have and you know i i really feel for stroll because like he's been getting a lot of hate because people just say that he's in the sport because of his dad's cash and you know i guess there's a little bit of an element of that but you know Stroll is now a two-time podium sitter in Formula One, and he could have been a three-time podium sitter, but we'll talk about that later. Um, well, well, who isn't in the sport because of daddy's cash? I mean, it's not a cheap sport to get into in the first place. It's like, it reminds me a bit of tennis sometimes. You've got to have, I know Lewis Hamilton's, I think his mum and mum dad work three jobs or something like that. A bit of a different scenario there. But it's, it's, not, it's not a cheap um, hobby to, to get into as a kid or, or sport to get into as, as a kid when you start first start kart racing um you know the the the, the lessons are expensive so i i can't really i'm, I'm not going to go down that road with with stroll and be one of those that go oh you, you know 
and single single him out when when really it is if you look at it and I'm sure our listeners will agree with us is that it is a it's a bit of a rich man sport, David. It is. I actually think that Lance Stroll is one of the most underrated drivers on the grid. I, I rate him very highly. Well, yeah, I mean, but to say he's only in Formula One because of Daddy's cash is absolute nonsense. Listeners, guys, tweet us in about that as well. Um, it's a it, it's a controversial talking point, so we, we want to hear some feedback from you. Uh, let's, let's move on to Lewis Hamilton and the 20 seconds off the pack he was. Still got to P7. This is why he is one of the, if not the greatest of all time. Was the penalty harsh, David? For you know, I, I, I think you know the rules are rules, but you know a lot of people were saying it. You know that's that's a hard, that was a bit of a harsh one, and he would in my he would have gone on to stroll that race in, in my opinion. No pun intended. God. Um... I believe the penalty was quite harsh. You know, there was a... I I read something again on our very reliable source Twitter that um, Ricardo had the same... had the same thing, went into a closed pit lane in a Brazil race and he only received... I think it was a five-second penalty added on to his race time. So he didn't even have to come into the pits and stop and go. You know, so... You could say it's harsh, but like you said, rules are rules, aren't they? And, you know, Hamilton, he he broke the rules and he paid the price. But again, if anything, that was a more impressive performance coming through the pack like that, coming from 20 seconds behind the pack to coming back up and winning some... Okay, you might say it's not very great points for him, but, you know, considering that he was 20 seconds behind and 20 seconds in motorsport is massive. Yeah, That's oh, like, it's huge. Yeah. It's like six nil deficit in football or something, but he's he's come back and he's fought hard and that's why he's the champion because he doesn't ever give up on anything. No, exactly. Um, he's got the determination, heart of a lion, as Lewis. And uh, hats off to him for still finishing on at P seven. You know because he's over. How many over, over uh, drivers did he overtake in the end? Well, did he eclipse Gasly at Belgian Grand Prix and overtaken ten? Um, yeah, he did. No, 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 he didn't. No, no, he only overtook. <laughs> he only overtook eight. So, yeah, it's, you know, it's, but still, it's still close. It's impressive, and Gasly did that over the whole race. Hamilton did it over like what? I think it was thirty, uh, twenty-five laps. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm I'm not going to go that Hamilton's was was uh, better than Gasly's or Gasly's was better than Hamilton's. They're both amazing feats to to perform in a in a Formula One race. Moving on to my man, my guy, Pierre Gasly. Right, well, he's he's one of my favourites, David. And we're going to talk about Red Bull being wrong to drop him first before we talk about his his amazing first ever win. Yeah. So. Gasly. Let's talk Gasly. He, I think he's one of the greatest young talents we've seen potentially since Lewis Hamilton. It is, it's a big statement. So he's, but he's proven himself that he is a good driver. You know, since the the start of his uh, career in Formula One, he's been pulling off these results. It is always him that is up there when the big teams slip up. Always Gasly. 
you know, so people might say, oh, he's he's lucky that he was up there. because He's only there because of the big team slipped up. But, you know, there's 19 other drivers there on the grid, but it's always Gasly who's making these incredible results. He came second in Brazil. That's his second podium since leaving the Red Bull team. He's eclipsed Alex Albon, who has been in the Red Bull team, I think, the same amount of time as Gasly was. He's eclipsed him in podiums already. Even though Gasly, even though Albon's just pulled one back, so it's two one to Gasly currently, and I think that Red Bull should have given Gasly more of a chance because, like I said, he is one of the prospects for the future. The future of Formula One does look very bright. Um, you know, when you're thinking about it, you've got Stroll, Russell, Gasly, you've got Norris, Latifi, yeah, Norris and Latifi at Williams, you know, it, it is looking great. And, you know, Formula Formula 2 and 3 this year was really entertaining as well. So we've got many, many exciting years to come. Definitely. And again, guys, with I'm going to reiterate my point uh, uh, that we made on the last show about the, the new regs coming in, which is going to bring the field a bit closer together in terms of the cars. Now, when that happens, you're going to see all these guys that we just mentioned, with more podiums and more wins, definitely for sure. And Gasly's definitely one to watch for the future. Again, I'm a, I'm a big fan of him. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to see what he does in the future. Albon again, uh, David. Out. Out of the points, you know, he, he finished yeah. 15th, yeah. which was actually which was actually last on the day. Uh, no, sorry, second to last on the day, but only because Giovinazzi got a penalty. Albon really isn't cutting it there in Formula 1 at the moment. And he's... I don't... You know, obviously, like I was saying earlier, nobody in Formula 1 is talentless. However, there are more talented drivers in the sport and there are more useless drivers in the sport like i said nobody's absolutely useless but albon is more down the the worst driver and he's, he's he's not a world beer like everyone thought he would be i don't personally i don't rate him at all and that's why i think that he his days in that red bull car are incredibly numbered this is a there's a, there's a group i'm on on facebook and i read a lot of stuff on there and that the, the sentiment seems to be the exact same as yours david now Guys, again, listen in, tweet us, comment on our Facebook page, Cathedral Sport, or, or on Twitter, as I just said, at Cathedral underscore sport. Are Albon's days finished? Are Albon's days finished in Formula One? Big talking point, guys. Give us some feedback. Tell us what you think. Driver market, David. We know Sebastian Vettel has gone to Aston Martin. Um... Perez didn't know until the decision was made, though, did he? Allegedly, allegedly, that is um, that's what we're hearing from um, some sources. Perez in the interview certainly seemed very shocked about it. Uh, when he, he seemed pretty shell shocked when they were interviewing him because he's been pulling in some good performances this year. You know, he, he's losing to Stroll in, in the teammate battle, but you've got to remember that Perez spent two weekends off because he had the coronavirus. So yeah. he he didn't he's not raced in all the races, but he's do, he's doing a good job in my opinion. And you know Vettel is a four time world champion, so that reputation is going to come in. Obviously, the Aston Martin team lineup next year is going to be Vettel and Stroll because you know Lawrence Stroll still owns the team. 
they're going to be in there, and they're going to. I believe that Aston Martin could, if they supply the car, they could be strong. I'm not saying they'll win the championship. I'm not saying they'll take the fight to Mercedes. I'm not saying they'll even challenge Red Bull. I'm saying they could be a very strong midfield team. Maybe challenging McLaren, maybe challenging the Renault, maybe challenging the AlphaTauri if they keep their upward if they keep their upward, upward trajectory. AlphaTauri. Yeah. Um, are we going to see a, a small? It's not going to be a big resurgence because he's not in the right car. But are we going to see a small resurgence from Sebastian Vettel, a better Sebastian Vettel, a, a Sebastian Vettel with his head back in the game next season, David? Do you know what? I really hope so because Vettel is was a joy to watch back in the day. He was a really, really good driver. Yeah, he's. You know, you don't win four-time world champ. You don't win championship four times if you aren't a good driver. You know, he's obviously back in the day. You know, I was frustrated because Hamilton wasn't winning. There's no secret. I am a Hamilton fan, but he's uh, Vettel. Is a really, really, really good driver when he's in the game. But at Ferrari, he just doesn't seem to be purely in the game. He doesn't. It, there's something not right at all. Uh, whether he's had a disagreement with the the management at Ferrari, whether he's just feeling the pressure. I mean, I don't know. Ferrari is a huge, huge pressure job because you've got the expectations of a country behind you. Yeah, um, I, I, I want to see. I want to see him come back again. He, he was my when he first burst onto the scene. I was like, as I said, as I touched on before, the the new Schumacher, um, but it's kind of faded away because of his, his time at Ferrari. We're going to move on to Mugello or Mugello. Uh, so I pronounce it Mugello. I don't know why, but I do. Um, whatever your preference. And not not the most amount of talking points, not nowhere near as many talking points as there were for Monza. But there's still a few. There's still a few, guys. There's still a few to entertain you with and to talk about. Starting with a lap one crash, David. Yeah, well... After Gasly's emphatic win at um, Monza, he was out after uh, just one corner. You know, he'd, I reckon he got about 700 metres in that race and he collided with Verstappen, which um, I can't see Horner being too happy about. Um, they hit each other. But to be fair, I don't believe that was Gasly's fault. It was a big, big, four-wide moment between four cars and then behind them there was like a free wide moment so it was always going to end nasty Raikkonen hit Verstappen I believe and then Gasly came into the back of Verstappen if I remember correctly Sainz got spun around as well and his front wing came off with Vettel's front wing it was basically a huge huge mess yeah uh, called out. we also during that race, David, more Red Bull problems. More. Yeah. So you could see at the um, at the starting grid before the race even started, Verstappen's engine cover was off. The Red Bull pit crew were working away at it, trying to fix that car, get it back in the race. But it just never happened. Um, well, it, they started the race, but you could see that there was something wrong with the car. He had a really good initial launch and, he actually, launch, and he actually pulled up alongside Hamilton, nearly took the lead, and then suddenly is just 
I don't know what happened. I think I think what happened is that the electrical battery in the hybrid V6 turbo engine that they have just didn't kick in. And he, he just went backwards and backwards and backwards and backwards and everyone just went forwards past him. He ended up in 15th at turn, turn one. And that's obviously when he tangled with the Alpha Tauri of Gasly and both of them were out of the race, bringing out a safety car, which left Bottas in a very, very good position. Um, because you know, hard to overtake at that circuit. Yeah. However, David. Safety car. David. Yes. Verstappen. Second DNF. Yeah. We, we mentioned that earlier in the show. In two races, due to his RBR equipment. Okay. That's the first time it's happened in his career. Two in a row. Yeah. But two DNFs in two in two in two races in a row, it is yeah two in a row. Yeah, um, we're going to move on to as well, guys. The, the the safety car restart and who who was to blame for the red flag? Okay, this could this could go on a while. I've got a little bit of a, I've got some notes on this, so you could blame Bottas, right? Right. However. Bottas. Bottas is well within his right to back the field up, to go slowly and stop that because the slipstream was so powerful around there, Hamilton would have literally just gone straight past him. So Bottas knew that he was going to have to hold them up right to the line. Okay, That's what Bottas did. He made them all come in close together on the main straight. So you, you could make a case for blaming Valtteri Bottas. You could make a case for blaming Antonio Giovinazzi as he just he sort of moves out the way of a car, then that then I think it was Magnuson accelerates into the rear of Latifi's Williams and he hits him and then there's a huge pile up causing the red flag. You could blame Magnuson, obviously he made the first contact with the Williams. But if you look at the crash, you're looking for someone to accelerate and then decelerate. Right. Now, you look on the onboards, you can see George Russell accelerates and then sees that they're not going yet and then decelerates, slows down, and it causes cars ahead of him to think, oh, we're off, and then he slows down and then, no, we're not off, guys, slow down, and it causes a big chain reaction. Giovinazzi avoids a crash with the car ahead, which leaves Magnussen. He just doesn't see the Williams because, obviously, there's an Alfa Romeo in the way, and then suddenly they're clattering into each other. Huge crash, carbon fibre confetti party on the main street, and a red flag. Yeah. George Russell, then. Guys, listening in. David has just explained why... George Russell was to blame and that you guys might have different opinions though safety car restart who is to blame for the red flag tweet us in at cathedral underscore sport not the most entertaining race apart from <laughs> well, I, don't, I, I don't think crashes are entertaining really I think they're quite morbid to be fair but apart from that not the most entertaining race it didn't live up to Monza at all Albon's first podium David you see yes Albon yeah go on Albon's first podium, right? It came after a second red flag when Stroll hit the barrier. And this is what I was talking about earlier. Lance Stroll could have been a three-time podium sitter in Formula 1. However, that suspension failure, I believe, happened when he was turning one of the 
the high-speed corners at Mugello, it was a big impact. And just like the clear one, I was actually quite worried for Stroll's safety. Luckily, he's absolutely fine. But the red flag happened. Another grid start. The like something stupid. The the fifth one in uh, two races. So he. Albon profited off this massively, you know. He's got fresh softs on the second best car in the grid, and he's got Ricardo ahead of him in the red in the Renault. The Renault isn't the best car on the grid. It, that's no secret. But you know, I think that Ricardo will be kicking himself because he had a really really good chance at a podium. Hamilton got away well at the restart. Bottas got away poorly. Ricardo jumped him up in a second, and then it was Bottas. The running order was Hamilton. Hamilton, Ricardo, Bottas, Albon. And then Albon, Bottas takes Ricardo again, and then the writing was on the wall. Albon took Ricardo round the outside with the um, the Renault. A really, 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 really good move, to be fair to him. However, it is key for me to mention now that Albon is only ever in the podium fight when there's a late safety car or a red flag, he, he's never he's never legitimately in a podium fight for the whole race just by race pace. That goes back to our our, our point earlier on the show, uh, guys that are listening about Albon not being good enough for Formula One. Is is Formula One days numbered? Um, onto the onto the championship standings, David. There's there's only one winner here. It's it is a one horse race. Um, Congratulations, Lewis Hamilton, on your drivers' championship. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's a big one, you know. He, he's he's got a sixty-five point lead. Um, with uh, you know, hang on, how many races are left? Like eight races left. Well, six or oh, sorry, seven. 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 That's it. I thought six or seven. I was, I was trying to work out which one it was. Then, but yeah, I thought it can't be eight because I. Yeah. Yes, seven races left, and he's got a sixty-five point gap. He could literally crash out of three of two races, and Bottas could win them both, and he'd still have a fifteen-point lead. That's how far ahead he is at the moment. It's it's pretty it's pretty ridiculous. But you know, he deserves to be up there. You know, he, he, it's not that he's just sitting up there purely because of luck. He he truly does deserve to be up there. Yeah. Um, as as we touched on on episode two of our F one of our F one show, guys, uh, last time out, he is about to be, in, in my opinion, crowned the greatest driver of all time. Maybe I, I said in the first show, actually, maybe by the end of next season. Now I'm 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 actually I, I think the end of this season. I, I think that's when Schumacher's crown will be officially taken at the end of this season. David, is there anything? I would agree. Yeah, uh, David, is there anything more you want to touch up, touch up on, or touch on, not touch up on, touch up on, touch on, <laughs> before we finish the show? Well, just a, 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 a general summary of the standards, not just Lewis. So, Bottas has now overtaken Verstappen again up into th- up into second. That is because of Verstappen's double DN- uh, two DNS in two races. Big shout out to the second Brit in the championship, Lando Norris, fourth in the championship, ahead of Alex Albon in fifth. 
Uh, he's he's doing an, an inc- he's having an incredible season as Lando Norris, and he was just voted Formula One's most impressive driver of the season so far. It, it's a big accolade to to be winning, uh, especially when you're second season of Formula One, and he's what he's only f- uh, two years older than me, which is making me feel like I am uh, underachieving quite a lot. Lance Stroll in sixth, doing very well. Uh, in 57 points just behind Alex Albon again would have been ahead of him if it wasn't for his crash are you noticing a theme here yeah and Ricardo in seventh on 53 points so you know there's a lot to be there's still a lot more racing to do a lot a lot to be won you know the championship is clearly clearly wide open for anyone to win um and there's a lot more exciting racing coming our way. Russian Grand Prix on Sunday. Yeah. Um, I, I, I predict in, predicted sorry in episode one of, of our show that Norris is going to be a star of the future and he will be the na- next great British hope. Do you think in five years' time, maybe six, seven, let Bottas get out of the way a bit, um, it will be... Gasly and Norris will be the the two to beat. Um, Depending on which car they're in, of course, of course, so that it's going to be a lot. That the field's going to be a lot closer in a few years' time. But depending on which car they're in, Gasly and Norris, the two future stars, in my opinion. You don't overtake people like Gasly did in Belgium. You don't go. You just you just don't do them things. Well, Gasly. Did, as I've just said, uh, so early in your career. What are your predictions, David, for the Russian Grand Prix? Um, well, it's hard to see anyone other than Mercedes winning. Um, I think it will be Hamilton winning the race. Why not? Let's throw Verstappen in the second and Bottas and with the, uh, I think we've had some crazy races, and now this one's going to be a bit more calm. You know, it could be, it could still be a good race, but I think we're going to have a more ordinary result to this one, a more calm, calm race, and a lot more the expected outcome. But like I said, could still be a very entertaining race. Sochi is a track where it's, you know, there's there's overtaking opportunities there, and. The undercut around Sochi, which is where teams pit earlier than other teams to get uh, to get a pace advantage on a fresh set of tyres, is very powerful. So we'll see some interesting strategies, hopefully. How about you? I'm going with it exactly the same as you um, with that. You said Verstappen second, didn't you? Yeah, yes. yeah. Hamilton, yes. Verstappen, Bottas. I predicted in, in episode one that Verstappen will finish second in the Drivers' Championship. As is gone a bit gone a bit wayward the last two races so it's going to be interesting to see what he does with his it's a, it's a battle the battle now is between Verstappen and Bottas um in the next seven races i think that's what what people are going to keep their eye on the most guys we're going to close we're going Definitely. to close the show now but a little fun fact for you before we close the show according to f1 technical and a lot of you will probably know this especially that on the on the formula nerds facebook group um you guys are pretty pretty up there with your knowledge i'll give you that probably a lot better knowledge than me so but according to f1 technical a normal formula one engine cannot last more than five races did you know that david um yeah they they only give them enough um 
enough engine parts to literally, literally to cover them the season. So, you know, five races, when you think about it, is a lot of miles in the race. Um, what, you know, one lap can be like 2.3 miles and you go around it. Some, sometimes you go around them 70, 70 times. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's a lot of mileage to clock of up. Course. And the speeds they're going. Um, and for our, it's, it's more, more, more of that fun facts for our casual listeners that, you know, again, as I mentioned in previous shows, that just watch the race and don't really know much about what's inside the car and they just enjoy enjoy the race as a spectacle. Guys, we are back again with our F1 show in October. Thank you again, David. Thank you very much for your expertise. You are most welcome. Thank you for having no, me. It's been, a, it's been a, a really enjoyable show, mate. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, guys, we're available on all platforms, Anchor, Google, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Cathedral underscore Sport. Give us your feedback on there. We're also on Facebook, Cathedral of Sport. So give us a like on there or a follow, whatever button you click. Who cares as long as you do it. Um, we're next back here on the Cathedral of Sport tomorrow night with the football show with me and the right Reverend Bobby Love. On Thursday, we've got two football fan guests coming on. Hackbridge, Harry and Boggin and of Tooting and Mitcham United Football Club. Two good characters, father and son duo. Can't wait to have them on. Bristol City's Gav Clark's coming on as a fan guest the week after that. And a new guest has just been announced, folks, for the for next month. We are going to be having on the show champion bare-knuckle boxer Gary Governor Furby from Newcastle. Something a bit different for you guys. We haven't had a never had a bare-knuckle boxer on the Cathedral of Sport before, so he's, he's got a, a real cracking story to tell. So uh, please tune into that one when it is available and published. Guys, thank you very much for listening. Again, we will see you in October for the next edition of our F1 show. Au revoir, people. Thank you.